0: Welcome to Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. From Ararat Lodge Number 1 here in Boston, I'm Asped David Medzorian. We're going to go back to Armenia for our 27th podcast episode to a place most of you know about, and some of you, like my parents, have been fortunate enough to visit. I'm talking about the city of Bert in the northern border province of Tavush. The inspirational author Shannon Adler once wrote, One of the most important things you can do on this earth is let people know they are not alone. For ten years now, an institution has been in place in Bert, whose sole purpose is to help the women of Tavush province who need help, to show them that they are not alone. There are many reasons why the Baird Women's Resource Center Foundation is so important, especially in this remote area of Armenia, which, like the rest of the country, is still reeling from the recent Artsakh War and the continuing COVID pandemic. Whether the need is to recover from physical or mental abuse, dealing with economic hardship due to unemployment, abandonment, or migration, or just a need or desire to improve one's life. The Baird Women's Resource Center Foundation is there. Its founder and director is Anaheed Badalian, who in addition to running the center, is also a wife and mother and a native of Baird. During our conversation, I asked her how the center, whose services were badly needed, finally became a reality, something that didn't happen overnight.
1: When I graduated Yeran State University, the Department of Journalism, and decided to came back to my native town, Bert. Uh, it's a northern province um, of Armenia, which has a general border with Azerbaijan. And it was quite difficult times uh, because after Soviet Union's collapse, the region was under economic block- blockade. And uh, we did a small survey among local women and found out that many factories has been closed during Armenian-Azerbaijani conflict uh, time, and um, especially after collapse of Soviet Union. And the number one problem issue was unemployment. And um, unemployment itself uh, created many manifestation of uh, domestic violence, like women lost their role, Um, outside of their houses, and um, most of the violences were regarding their economic poor condition and financial financial, uh, bad condition. So uh, from the very beginning of, uh, we were thinking uh, how we could solve their unemployment problem, not on a directed way, but how we can support them to find their self um, determination, self confidence, uh, you know, their uh, voice um, to be listened from um, both inside of their family and uh, outside of uh, their family. So we decided to start uh, with a women's organization who could implement social entrepreneurship um, projects to support both women's unemployment and on this way to solve some kind of other problems, like mental mental health problems, reproductive health problems, uh, educational problems, skills, some necessary skills that they hadn't that time. And so we started with this foundation called Baird Women's Resource Center, and um, from the very first project called Beard Bears. We didn't um, understand or we didn't feel that the project is quite important for local women. And I can say that it was becoming more and more famous, Mm -hmm. (laughs) by the way, outside of Armenia. Um, The aim of this project was to train unemployed women of Beard region and to involve them in teddy bears production, called Beard Bears. Can you imagine that we have started this project with four or five people, together with some three, four women? And after only two years, the number increased up to 40, 40 unemployed women who were involved in different crocheting, knitting processes, and producing both teddy bears. And some finger puppets, uh, mini animals, etc. Of course, um, we couldn't done this without our friends, without our partner organization called Homeland Development Initiative Foundation in Yerevan, based in Yerevan, and they were very supportive uh, in marketing our products, and I can call it a friendship. And through this organization, we were able to sell hundreds and hundreds of bears, uh, meeting different organizations and uh, like uh, planning other initiatives. And the aim was uh, just supporting local women.
0: How difficult is the situation or was the situation, given the fact that you are geographically in a remote part of Armenia, you're several hours from Yerevan, did it make it more difficult?
1: You know, the challenges were many, like uh, starting for a working place. We hadn't even a working place, and (laughs) we rent a small, small room, and we hadn't chairs even to sit down and discuss anything. Sitting on the floor, huh? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. somehow, or (laughs) renting some chairs Mm -hmm. from neighbors. (laughs) Okay so we uh, thought uh, what if we are starting a crowdfunding campaign to purchase equipment chairs furniture and material lots of material so the women will be in process of production and we could sit down in a calm place and like plan further our steps and so we did a crowdfunding campaign through kickstarter it was quite um, very very successful and by the help of this uh, Kickstarter campaign, we could buy equipment, computers like printers, chairs, furniture, and material, and also to pay the women who were in the process of production beforehand So they're, to increase their motivation and their belief that they can earn money and they can solve a little problems of their houses. And so another challenge was that we were the first women's organization being focused only on women. And (laughs) I remember there were some times when men were approaching saying, um, why are you focused so much on women? And I was trying to explain that the women are our target and our mission is supporting local women. First, um, uh, first opinion about women organization that they came to destroy our families (laughs) is it clear (laughs) so because some kind of uh, mentality problems when women became more independent uh, they are demanding the same responsibility from their husbands or from the other family members and sometimes it creates uh, problems and that's why many women organizations, i mean international or not local ones had some rating of uh, not a good image right. you know it's, a, it's it's a mentality problem and we were trying uh, to prove that the organization came to support women to stabilize their economic uh, condition to help them to grow and um, to support their own families. And um, after some short time, our rating grew and we were respected until uh, our rating uh, increased uh, day by day. And so many women are happy to work uh, within this organization. And there is a uh, lots of women still who are waiting their turn to come and work with us to be involved in some of our initiatives.
0: Anaheed, I know that one problem when it comes to uh, helping people, whether they have been either physically or mentally abused or are in economic hardship, is is actually getting them to come forward and say, "I do need help. This is the situation." I remember in nineteen, I think it was nineteen ninety four or ninety five. So we're going back about uh, you know twenty years or so here. The Armenian International Women's Association, which my mother, Nakin Dirui Eva Medzorian, whom you know, uh, yep. was one of the founding members. They had an international meeting in Yerevan, and the subject of women who were being abused mentally and physically was brought up. And I remember very well because I've seen the videos of the conference that a number of women from older women from Armenia got up and said, Amot, Amot, you don't talk about things like that here. That's wrong. And yet at the same time, the younger women and those from other countries who had come, Armenian women from the United States and all of that, were like, thank Mm -hmm. God they are finally able to talk about this. How do you get people, or is it something that they have to do by themselves, to be able to come forward and say, "This is my situation. Can you help me?":
1: You're quite right. Um, it's again a mentality problem. Right. Uh, we are rural and isolated community in somehow, although uh, I don't want to compare with other uh, communities. in somewhere it's better situation, somewhere it's worse. But we still receive many calls, abused women, uh, domestic violence cases. You must be very careful speaking to these uh, women because they are very touchy and you must go indirectly to this issue trying to support her. You need to understand what exactly she needs and she must decide what she wants, actually. If you do many things and at the end you understand that she didn't want to solve her own problems, Uh, you can't do anything. I I mean, it's useless, you know?
0: Are there people like that? Do you actually deal with people like that who, you know, after you talk to them, you realize she really doesn't want to help herself.
1: Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, We had some kind of uh, women, but again, comparing 10 years ago and now. I mean, the progress um, uh, has been uh, recorded, um, like young women are more aware, they know how to solve, uh, whom to apply for. And the situation was quite a tricky some 10 years ago. But again, you can't refer how to support her. But she uh, needs to be determined what she really needs after your talks after your meetings etc i mean you are working with her for some period but after these efforts she needs to understand what she needs we actually organize uh, some craft therapy classes and psychotherapy classes when you are not directly speaking about domestic violence cases, when you try to mobilize the women around some issues, when they share their own concerns, Mm -hmm. they open their hearts after some time. And then uh, you can speak about their problems, how to solve them. You can't just, uh, from the very first day, ask her, are you... um, victim of domestic violence of or not <laughs> do you understand yes. so after some time when they became your become your family members like your our organization is like a big family when they became become family members then you can ask um, concretely what was the problem and how you can support her through the organization.
0: Well, you have uh, to gain their trust. I mean, they're they they you know, yeah. gonna come in there and they're not going to, confident. they'll be extremely, as you, as you said, they will be um, extremely reluctant to talk about such personal and in some cases, very traumatic incidents in their lives. And so, yes, you do have to earn their trust And that. I'm, I'm assuming, anaheed that might take some time to do.
1: Yes, of course. Uh, Sometimes it takes a year, believe me. Sometimes it takes one month. It depends on personality as well. And sometimes you need um, to offer psychological help. Or, I mean, we have uh, some specialists and partner organization with whom we are partnering a lot, address the concrete issues of each uh, woman. Sometimes they need to continue their education. Sometimes they have four or five kids and need some entertainment or employment.
0: So there are so many different the, services. Are,
1: yeah, their needs are different. So you you should find out how to help uh, her in on an effective way.
0: The many different services and goals that uh, are offered by the Baird Women's Resource Center, and among them preventing the processes of trafficking and migration, and also supporting freedom of speech, uh, democracy, superiority of the laws. Trafficking and migration, I, you don't hear much about that when it comes to Armenia. How serious a problem is that?
1: Migration is quite high in this region, and um, most of the families are based on women's shoulder Actually, they most of the families' uh, husbands migrating to Russia, and uh, only this year, due to the pandemic situation, the number was decreased. And somehow, but I'm quite sure that when the roads will be open, the mi- migration uh, will increase definitely. We are working actually with uh, migrant uh, women who um, has the whole hardship of the family and it's uh, very difficult for them because sometimes husbands are not coming back, you know? They are having their next second families and sometimes refuse to help the first family. And uh, Really? Sometime,
0: that, I, yeah, I, and, my goodness. Yeah,
1: I have many cases, believe me. They refuse to support their families, their kids, and sometimes they just refuse to come back to Armenia. It's quite interesting issue. And um, about the trafficking, we haven't that much cases. Very rare, I will say. But uh, migration is quite high, and it will be much higher after this uh, conflict situation.
0: I know that you offer so many different services at the Baird Women's Resource Center. Has the pandemic itself, what kind of an effect has that had on your ability to offer your services? Has it made it much more difficult?
1: I don't think so because uh, just after pandemic or during pandemic, the, the Armenian-Azerbaijani war began mm-hmm. and uh, pandemic just disappeared from our side <laughs> and we were all living with war day and every hour. First of all, again and again, we had a slogan, working harder and harder. Favourite work can uh, help you not to be focused on bad things. And working with women, you know, is something like three in one. The most important thing for us to have as many orders as possible and to support as many women as it's uh, right now in pandemic or war conflict situation is possible we have also included some families coming from artsakh and supporting kids like two most important things were supporting their employment issues and supporting their mental health rehabilitation process it's uh, it's quite difficult but we have to work harder and harder
0: I'm not trying to dwell on the unpleasantness of this past year, but I know that obviously, geographically, you were right in the middle of it last July during the Azari attack in Tavush, and then, of course, the war itself that began at the end of September. What was it like to be there during this time?
1: It's uh, the most worst thing that can happen, the, the worst thing that can happen to any human because you are just losing your desire to wake up in the mornings, to eat anything and to go for work because you don't want to do anything. Absolutely. You are losing your motivation and um Everything seems um, in a black color, but of course it takes some time, two, after two days, three days, we decided uh, to work as before. We decided to keep all of our meetings. Of course, some topics were around the war situation around our sold, uh, um, lost soldiers. But again, um, you know, women empowerment is the most powerful thing. After some short period of time, we thought on alternative ways, how we can um, be recovered in economically. Uh, we started to promote online sales. Uh, we started uh, to be focused on more uh, our further plans to develop some new products to think at least uh, how to develop new products and it really helped not to feel the hardest condition in our country and at least to have plans for the future.
0: So being as busy as you were and focusing on the work that needed to be done, it didn't make you forget what was happening but it did at least help you to focus on the positive and if possible, to lift your spirits as well as the spirits of the people that you were helping.
1: And no one uh, could believe that we can continue our repairment in EcoCenter. By the help of our sponsors, uh, like your family, we are very grateful to all of our sponsors who were next to us in this very difficult and hectic time. It's very uh, difficult to believe that what we have planned in 2020, we could finish, you know, it wasn't realistic at all, but it happened because of we kept working and working and it happened by the help of our great supporters.
0: What is it that you would like to do that hopefully you will be able to do in the next few years to improve the services that you are offering?
1: Today, I had another meeting Meeting in the morning. It was quite focused on the foundation and future plans. I can say that we are going on the steps of ecotourism development. Like after some time, I don't know how long it will be, but after two or three years, we want to see our ecocenter as the first multifunctional center focused on ecotourism development with the active participation of local women. It will have the production center of berry jams. It will have entertainment agenda and craft therapy of bear Bears department. It will have a b and service, very unique service, including overnight staying in a very calm, peaceful place where the ancient uh, fortress is seen mm-hmm. and uh, with a unique berry breakfast. And healthy lifestyle, and the other interesting things like berry harvesting, berry degustation, berry ice cream, <laughs> bears, <laughs> master classes, etc. So, this is our vision, and we want every small piece of our vision to come true. I don't know how long it will take, but anyway, we are moving forward. Hardly, but keeping um, moving Even forward.
0: the journey of 1,000 miles begins with a single step, and it's it sounds like you have taken those steps, and uh, so one can only hope that it will continue from here. Tell me about what people can do who are listening to this who would like to help to contribute in some way to the Baird Women's Resource Center Foundation. What are their options? How can they help?
1: Thanks for this opportunity, David. Um, I'm really, really touched uh, by your behavior and your family's behavior to Baird Women's Resource Center. But we have this kind of problem. Uh, You know that in Armenia, PayPal banking system is not working properly. And uh, lots of our online sales are regarding with PayPal issues. So all those who uh, want to support us can directly uh, be connected um, to Baird Women's Resource Center. Find us on Facebook or write us through our website. We actually don't accept donations, but um, due to nowadays uh, difficulties and the mission that we have to see finalized eco-center and uh, more and more happy women, the donations will be directly go to the repairments of uh, and the finalization of Eco center. so all those who can support us either will buy our products like berry jams or teddy bears
0: mm-hmm.
1: or can support the ecocenter uh, reconstruction
0: and how would they do that i mean how would they then contact you you said the website itself is that what they do and is there a way to contact you directly through the website
1: Yeah, they can be connected through the website and through our Facebook page, Baird Women's Resource Center, or find us through Baird Bears page. Uh, They can call us. I will leave all um, our contact information uh, that is active now.
0: And I will uh, just let our listeners know, um, for those of you who would like to... Help uh, that we will have uh, the website and the other contact information on the Talking Vartan Facebook page, so that you will be able to access that, and and uh, we'll also show you what these absolutely beautiful Baird bears look like and no two of them are the same they are some really creative uh, people that you have putting these together and they are really really they're gorgeous they'll last you a long long time um, because they're very beautifully made not only with love but with uh, with great care Anahit, as, as we wrap it up for today, and I, first of all, want to thank you very much for for joining me and talking about this. Thank
1: also. Thanks uh, for the great job you are doing, David. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Well, I hope that uh, I hope I get a chance. Uh, I'm planning hopefully to, to visit Armenia later this year once I'm vaccinated and once The uh, travel restrictions are uh, lifted, and I would love very much to come out there. I've already received uh, an invitation to visit from uh, your friend and mine, um, Der Aramizoyan from St. Jovanes uh, Church, but uh, I would love to come to the center and and see it and and meet you face-to-face if that's okay. And, really, uh,
1: I really look forward to your visit. And uh, the second invitation is sent by me, so you have two invitations.
0: That from is there. very kind. That's very sweet. Thank you very very much. And uh, yes, may so I pass? Awesome. Al- may I pass along also um, good wishes from uh, my family? I know that you know my mother, and uh, my I believe sister. you know my sister Ruth too. Yeah, who, of, course. Who,
1: yeah of course.
0: Yeah, <laughs> both of whom are members of the daughters of Vartan. But uh, they've been out there. I know my mother's been there to bear along with my dad, God rest his soul, many, many, many times in the past 30 years. So you've you've actually, you you got to know both of them, didn't you?
1: Yes, of course. Um, they, They are amazing people. I'm really proud to know them and um, I'm really looking forward to meet the next Medzorian in Baird.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully it won't be that long. But again, Anahid, I want to thank you so very, very kindly for taking some time to talk to us about the important work being done at the Baird Women's Resource Center Foundation, which you have been involved with since the very beginning, and uh, I wish you the very best of luck with that.
1: My
0: special thanks to Anahid Badalian, the founder and director of the Baird Women's Resource Center Foundation. It's my hope to visit Baird later this year to meet Anaheed and her staff and to see the center where so much good is being done for so many fortunate women. If you'd like to learn more about the Baird Women's Resource Center Foundation or would like to purchase some one-of-a-kind handmade products such as the Baird Bear with all proceeds going to the center itself, I'll have a link to their website on the Talking Vartan Facebook page. Speaking of our Talking Vartan podcast... This episode marks our second anniversary for a total so far of 27 podcasts and counting. Our first episode premiered in February of 2019 and featured a profile of my talish, Autodot Lodge number one in Boston, as well as RP Otyag number nine. Since then, we've visited many of our lodges and Otyags around the country, meeting their leaders and other members. Our July 2019 podcast was recorded and produced on location in Las Vegas during our last in-person Grand Convocation. Boy, was that a lot of fun. We've also focused on issues that affect all of us in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan, from the changes to our organization in light of the COVID pandemic, to the ongoing and ever-changing situation in our homeland. This included exclusive eyewitness accounts from BERT last July and, in late September, from Artsakh itself. My aim at the beginning of this venture, and still, is to bring to each of you every month the story of how the Knights and Daughters of Vartan is making a difference, and how our mission is more important now than ever. If you have a comment or question about the Talking Vartan podcast, or an idea for a future episode, I would love to hear from you. You can reach me through the Talking Vartan Facebook page or directly through email at TalkingVartan at gmail.com. I spoke earlier about our special podcast from the 2019 Grand Convocation in Las Vegas. As most of you know by now, our 2021 Grand Convocation, which would have been in Glendale, California, this July, has regrettably been canceled due, of course, to the pandemic. However, with hopes that we'll all be traveling next year, the 2022 Grand Convocation dates have already been announced, They are July 13th through the 18th, and it will be held in, wait for it, Glendale, California. Our Grand Convocation Committee no doubt concluded, okay, we didn't get 2020, we had to cancel this year, but by golly, we're going to get everybody to Glendale one way or another, so 2022 it is. Yes, it's 18 months away, but it will certainly be something to look forward to. Meanwhile, seeing that both the Knights and Daughters are old pros at this, this year's Grand Convocation will be virtual once again, and there will be much more on that in the months ahead. At the same time, our Avaktivan has announced the dates for our return to Armenia, our fifth Veratats Haydenik. The dates are September 18th through the 27th of this year, meaning that we will be there for the 30th anniversary celebration of the Republic of Armenia. How wonderful will that be? Arrangements are currently underway with the Armenia Marriott Hotel, which is right there in Republic Square, and there will be much more on this in the months ahead, so mark those calendars. Of course, all is contingent upon the state of the pandemic at that time, both here and in Armenia, so be assured that both our leadership and our liaison will be keeping a very close eye on the pandemic in the months ahead, so that we can hopefully once again experience the joy of being in our homeland. Speaking of the Marriott, Kohar Palian is now performing her duties as liaison in a new communications office which is located in the Armenia Marriott Hotel. Those of us who visit Armenia later this year will have a chance to see it, but in the meantime, you can take a quick online peek. Very simple to do. Just go to YouTube, youtube.com, and type in KV Communications Office. KV Communications Office. Our liaison, of course, manages all of our Knights and Daughters of Arts on media resources, which I hope you will check out, and often. Our website at kofv.org. Our social media sites, and you name it, we're there. Our Facebook page, of course, but we're also on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And let's not forget our digital and print publication, Avarite. Special thanks, as always, to Mal Barsamian for our theme music, Lorky Lorki, from his album, One Take. Armenian dance songs. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Asped David Medzorian. Any use of this program without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. It was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said, Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Thank you for your service to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. I'm Ospet David Missouri in about lodge number 1 in Boston Shonagaland Cireli Parigamner <laughs>